0: (laughs) And with that burst of 8-bit electronic music, you know it's time for another episode of G.I. Joeberg. This time, it's episode 261, Mile High Megatron a title that will make all too much sense in just a moment. My name is Steve. I'm joined by my boys, joined by my boys, it was going so well <laughs> up until then, uh, yeah, yeah. Paul Soundoff. Paulotron. It's, Sandor, Paul it's, it's Paul
1: I Don't transform into a his tank. And uh, who else is here today? It is Rob Wave uh, Eject Content. Ah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hello.
3: And in the first piece of the puzzle, it's Mile High Cujo, rep in Colorado. Colorado,
0: Midwest, outstanding. Fantastic. Cujo has some convention coverage to share with us. Um, Intel that runs even deeper than SDCC, which, quite frankly, I think we're a little bit saturated with the news from. Am I right, boys? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, is do they? Is there any comic book news coming out of SDCC
2: anymore? <laughs> Well, Larry Homer got uh, a lifetime achievement, Eisner. it? Indeed, he did. I did mention it last time. Um, yeah, it's no, about the only news I remember coming out of there. Was and they
1: cancelled the Batgirl movie. Oh yes, that's yeah. Yeah, man. And the suit, the suit looked really nice, but yeah, I've... yeah. the tide
2: is
0: turning, gents. It's <laughs> a nice
2: suit. <laughs> oh. it looks So like, how are you, Phil, is looks... doing? uh surviving we've we've started to get load shedding again but thankfully okay. tonight we are load shedding lists so we have power to talk for so freedom yes yeah exactly. i think it's nothing short of
0: a miracle that we have a full house today mm. uh, paul it's and rob and yeah. Colorado.
4: <laughs> yeah, And, and of course, we've time. got the Bob yeah.
0: Squad. I mean, the Bob Squad. The, the Berg Bob Force, Squad. and the Bob Squad uh, in the attendance Bob. here. I see Hans. I see Andrew. I see Darren. I see Bob. I see Gaz. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to join the Berg Force, uh, hit up patreon.com slash yeah, G.I. Joe Join the Bob Force. Bob <laughs> and his friends. I'm sure Bob will uh, enjoy having him having them on his squad hell yeah anyways cooge you're the new man in the mix it's good to have you back what's up dude
3: true let me do some politicking it's always good to see the uh, Berg force and MC I see you brother um it has been it has been quite a wild ride as you know I've been off and on uh but we have created some some quality content as you know uh some of that being my interviews from the uh, whew, uh, Fan Expo here in Denver at the Mile High File Cards. If you've not caught that, it's a deep cut. It's, it's worth a listen. Um, there's some Joe talent on there. There's a couple random folks that know how, to ha- know how to handle their business. So definitely worth a listen. I will highlight a couple names from there. Uh, I had the pleasure of chatting with uh, Brian Cummings, the voice of Dr. Mindbender. I know a personal favorite of Deadly Pencils. Yeah, um, yes, he, was, he was. actually. Cookies. I've seen him at conventions, but never, never made the time. It was. It was actually long overdue. He was a totally cool cat. If I'm catching you right now, Brian, thank you so much for sharing that insight. But definitely worth a listen. Um, let's see who else. Renee Witterstetter. This one's an interesting one, and I will throw a question to you, uh, to you gentlemen. Um, she is the. I, I think the an editor or an artistic agent for Michael Golden, whom we all know. Uh, mm. I have; they've been on my radar for quite some time. They're professional partners, uh, so I mean, like they they're scheduled for conventions, and I always miss them. Either they don't show or something else happens. But I did catch them this time, and it's uh, there's Sweeney. What's up, brother? Um, and it's interesting to me because. People, the old creatives don't talk much. They let their work do the talking. Um, So that's where my question comes from. Like, Hama doesn't necessarily interview. Golden barely talks to anybody. Is that an effective strategy these days for an artist? I mean, how do you guys feel? Should it be on the page? Uh, Your thoughts, I guess starting with Paul, since you have to promote yourself, is it better to stay silent? What's your thoughts?
1: Jeez, dude. Um, like, yeah, it's a funny one because, like, for me with like professional work, for example, I never like put my name on anything. You know, like I never sign it. You don't see my signature on any kind of splash graphics or anything that I do. Nothing like that. So, um, but my name is like in the on the file on the file name because they have to know that where it comes from. So. <laughs> I think I don't of, know who to pay. <laughs> yeah, you know, that or who to crap out, you know. So one of the two. But um yeah, man. Uh I think I think sometimes your your work has to kind of speak for itself in a lot of ways. If that makes sense. You know, like you kind of have to and I mean I've seen this like with my buddy Warren, for example. He's very successful in that regard, in that people see his covers, his DC covers that he's doing those exclusive ones and they might see his signature but not know who it is but when they start like looking up they find out it's him and then it goes like that you know what i mean so yeah i don't know if that answers your question but Mm -hmm. i just feel like as as an artist you have to be very subtle with how you promote yourself because it's an interesting one yeah it is a Mm -hmm. tricky one because there's also like a certain level of humility as well that comes with with being an uh, artist as well you know and it's like <laughs> oh I, and when i say artist i mean like you know create a professional illustrator or whatever mm-hmm. like, pro- professional professional, illustrator. professional drawer yeah
3: <laughs> well i think i think here's one tip for anybody that might say like oh if Cujo can do this then i can do this and you're right um if you want to talk to people in the industry and stuff like this I think the move nowadays is maybe to write email their agent before a convention see if you can set aside some time uh because mm. they it does get a little hectic uh and golden is somebody that i would love to chat with um because of that said integrity artistic integrity the storytelling of his art his line work etc because it's definitely influenced me um alas i did not get to chat with him but i did get to chat with his agent renee who has lived a life um And she she was great. By the end of that chat, we were both out of breath. So I mean, like, (laughs) no, she definitely opened up. And uh, uh, cheers to you, Renee. Thank you very much.
2: Um, She was definitely a fantastic person to interview. I think she had a lot of um, positive stuff to say, Um, Mm -hmm. and it kind of like bookends the entire like story of the uh, fan fan expo Denver. I felt Um, yeah yeah. It was very much an exploration of storytelling and how do people get out their stuff as being a creative and old versus new. That's kind of like what I got from this entire experience of mm-hmm. listening to the entire episode. But yeah, Renee was fantastic. Um, I believe she taught st- storytelling. She's been all over the world. Um, and it's nice that she kind of uh, emphasizes that everything com- contributes to a story um when when you create something so especially in comic books it's not just the writing it's the way that the colors are used um yes the art is the writing it's the color the inking how everything comes together. And obviously then the editing as well how does the editor see all of this and go maybe try this a little bit better maybe try that a little bit less um and the importance of talking up the good i think that was a big point that she had um be mm-hmm. encouraging of positivity and
3: yeah, I, well, she, that, she was fantastic. That segues nicely into the last person I'll bring up, which was uh, the editor, Heather Antos. Much respect to her. Heather, if you're catching this, uh, it was a pleasure. She's somebody, because of culture, uh, the culture war, she blocked me on Twitter. Now, she didn't know, I don't believe she knew it was me interviewing her, but mm. um, that was it was not a gotcha interview. Um, I have a lot of respect for her. Um, and I hope that this next era of, You know fandom and 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 pop culture is kind of like that second age of pop culture aquarius where the smart people come together and start doing what we do so well she's
2: she certainly had good stuff to say i mean she Mm -hmm. kind of i think you you kind of asked like how do you feel about fandoms and like um you didn't straight out go like toxic fandoms and that sort of thing but um she did bring out the fact that, you know, it's, it's the people's passion and their love for characters um, mm. that mm. kind of, like, keeps these characters alive and current forever and ever, essentially, and how, through telling stories, you can often find hope and community with a bunch of other people that also really enjoy the stuff that you enjoy a lot, like we've done with on. G.I. Joe. Yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely, you know, um, and I think with her and also Renee, they kind of brought up the idea of to just go out and do it don't say i can't do it say how am i gonna do it yeah tenacity that's make great it advice yeah. i think that's great advice for anybody being creative anyone creating with anything yeah crazy stuff i mean like even with gi joe 40 years later it's still around no exactly
1: it's, they're making it happen as best i suppose as best they can um and Something, sorry, Rob, like something I wanted to jump in, just because you touched on a nice point, and it just, it's funny how these things work out. I was reading an article today about a tweet um, that uh, uh, Tite Kubo, that's the author of Bleach, uh, he made this uh, tweet in response to a tweet that went quite viral with regards to Bleach. Uh, What happened is, uh, one of the, there's, there's two female characters that are possible love interests in the story. And uh, a lot of fans prefer the one over the other. And Tito, uh, like uh, Kubo-san, he actually turned around and uh, in his tweet, he just said, listen, uh, I like both of those characters and I have a direction for these characters. And I don't believe it is the role of the reader to dictate the actions of the writer. And he's like, if you really feel like, you know, you want to take it in a different direction, he's like, start your own manga. Start your own yeah. book. You come, come knock me up. off my podium. like. And I thought, <laughs> and it sounded like if you think, of, uh, and this is obviously translated, but if you think about it, that's like quite a bold statement to ba- to make, but I find he's the second person now that's made a statement like that out of Japan with regards to his own creation. And that is mm. because there is a lot of fan interference, I believe, in, um, in a lot of mo- uh, modern day, like pop culture stuff, like TV shows, comic books, etc., and it's, it's really like it's becoming a problem. And I like that, you know, uh, and, I, and I know why that happens. It because... really
0: becomes a problem, though, Paul, when the overlords standing above the creatives yeah. say, you need to bend to the will of the people. Exactly. So that sentiment might be held by a lot of creatives. I mean, sh- certainly if I was creating something that was mainstream and there was a sort of fan sentiment that, oh, I didn't like that like that would motivate me to go even further and like lean into the stuff that they don't like, because I, you don't tell me what to do, but yeah. unfortunately the, the money does.
1: No so granted.
0: That's, that's the interference that I'm more wary of. Well, that's I the mean, beauty of fans Japan can rent and rave <laughs> and do as we please. But like, yeah. if the corporate overlords say, no, no, people want this,
1: you need to do this. That sucks. I'm looking at you, Disney. Well, that's the beautiful thing about, like, <laughs> Japan and how their um, sort of creative laws protect their creators, the the books, the creators of the manga. Because well, how long, though? Honestly. Uh, I'm just skeptical. Yeah. Well, basic, I mean, like, I don't want to get into just, like, too hectic, but, for example, the guy who created Dragon Ball, he decided to stop Dragon Ball at Dragon Ball Z. Akira and, Toriyama. Yeah, Akira Toriyama was told to stop, uh, uh, said he's going to stop, this is it, he wants to retire Dragon Ball Z, and... Studio Bird was like, no, you can't do this. And he's like, no, no, I really can. I own this. Like, you know, hmm. and then what happened is Dragon Ball Z hit America and it was doing, or Dragon Ball hit, had hit the States. And obviously the guys, uh, I think it was, um, uh, what is it called? Um, to- oh, uh, I want to keep wanting to say Tokyo Pop, but it's not Tokyo Pop. It's Toonami it's um, had picked it up, Cartoon Network, um, and they had picked it up and they were airing it and uh, the american listeners sorry if it's not too nami my bad but anyway that <laughs> that company had picked it up and they were like well listen there's this thing is doing so well um we need more content and then they they try to get dragon a new dragon ball done and basically akira toriyama was like yeah okay you can do it um you can do it with these characters and go for it but i'm gonna have no involvement and dragon ball gt is well known for being unbelievably crap <laughs> um amongst its fan base and so, then you have to
2: come back and be like, and, sorry, you guys have ruined this. I'm, this is
1: the actual story. Dragon Yeah. Was super. And now he's fixed it with super. But like, yeah, in Japan, a lot of the creators have got rights to their own stuff, you know? I mean, even the guys, but yeah, let's not go into the, too deeply. Well, it's, it's, it's quite, yeah. an opposite, a, quite the opposite
2: thing, or at least it feels opposite to me. When you compare mm-hmm. it to another guest that Kudra interviewed, um, Aaron Reynolds, who's creating F&Birds. Where yeah, he he's cool sounds, he sounded like such a freaking cool guy where it sounds like he creates his own stuff but he kind of like it builds it over time through his social networking and yeah. how often to kind of promote his own stuff he actually creates content based off uh analytics he kind of he, he's he's very deep into his his twitter um analysis and he creating plays content. The mm. plays the game just plays the game that's how he, how he kept getting bigger audiences bigger people and and how he kind of like sometimes even tailored his own content to draw in people that he knew really liked his stuff, like p- people bigger than him. Hmm. Um, so at or like times... Will yeah. Yeah, like Will Wheaton. Yeah, like Will Wheaton. I think that was, that was a big thing, wasn't it, Kujo?
3: Word. Yeah, no, he, uh, he was one of those people where you're walking down the aisle and you just know that cat's cool. Like people gravitate towards him. So day one, I was like, who is this? And then I looked at his tweets and I was like, dude's got a 300k following. How's that happen? It was mm. just it was interesting but no he was totally generous totally genuine good uh, good good times cheers man
2: yeah he seemed like a really cool guy but he kind of like i'm not saying he's creating his content f- to he just changes content based on the people that are looking at it but he's certainly using uh, some parts of his content to kind of tease out I'm, a bigger following for himself I'm, noticing... not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing i think it's it's an interesting approach
3: there's not too many people in their 40s that talk social analytics, but people mm. in their 30s, definitely people in their 20s, are, are more aware. And, and I mean, I, I know we've been shutting Steven out for a minute. Um, <laughs> but I think that's a, I think like when I'm looking at the GI Joe community, and that's a, a huge thing right now, I think mm. one thing that we've done is we've been ahead of the curve on a lot of things. So, I mean, like if you're talking about, crowdfunding and community and, and how to be self-sustainable as a community I think the evidence is there um of course I'll break off a bunch of names but no I, I do think one name that we should highlight uh right now is to congratulate word burglar uh for being the number one rapper with his number one rapper on a uh, band for his release of Bergonomics.
1: no ways that's fantastic. yeah man congratulations very cool. A, a
3: rapper who had you on stage, Rob, last Oh, Oh, Absolutely.
2: He, he made me an incredible scoop. An international Rapping. superstar I was, overnight. I was impressed. He, I don't know why it isn't on a, one of his albums, but
1: anyway.
3: He may be you just got to give him a call. <laughs> Rogie,
1: just, uh, just give Rob a call. You know he's going to be there. You know he's down, he's down to clown. He's cool. <laughs>
4: anyway, going on.
1: <laughs> now, nah, guys, that rap is free and raw and
0: freestyle on, uh, <laughs> the road to joke on part two, check it out. Link in the description below <laughs> some, some traffic on that old video.
2: Thanks. <laughs> good promotion. Good promotion, Steven. So how did, how did the experience at Fancon Denver compare to your experiences at like, um, WonderCon and Long Beach Comic Con? Like how is it, is was it bigger? I mean, how is the, the, the mood?
3: That's a fantastic question, brother. Um, actually you know what people in landlocked states i.e colorado appear to be more nerdy they talk Mm. a lot more pop culture here in the casual conversations so that's good to know it is it's interesting um people are still talking superheroes well they're your
0: type of people paul they don't ever get to the beach (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah they're inside children my favorite types Exactly. But, uh, They're tanned by the glow of the fluorescent light hanging above their computer station. <laughs> hey, yeah. They, in their mom's basement. Colorado. <laughs> I think those people.
2: Surely, I'm kidding. I mean, I think Kuja's uh, highlighted a few of them in, in your recent travels.
3: For sure. Well, here's what I'll say about the city of Denver, the capital of Colorado. Uh, if you have not seen um, the Colorado State Seal, um, don't forget I am the occult specialist, uh, and it does have the Eye of Providence on that seal. So, ah. the, the city of Denver is an important city. Um, the people in it are actually really warm. Um, it's facing if you've seen if you've heard bad pub uh, nationally about Denver, maybe you've heard about the homeless problem and stuff. It's a city that was, or it's a state that was the first state to recreationally legalize cannabis. So, Whoa. they're facing a lot of uh, issues that your inner cities will face here pretty soon. So, hopefully... The only thing
0: that I know about Colorado were things that South Park taught me.
3: <laughs> God bless those guys. Now, uh,
0: yeah, Have they put uh, Cartman on the, the state seal yet?
3: That's not a bad move that's not bad hey hey, hey
1: isn't there a adaptation. dinosaur there a den the dinosaur True. the last dinosaur Oh, the last dinosaur. it's the last dinosaur
3: yeah they do have some of those here and honestly like if you make it into this region hit me up i will send you to some incredible hot springs etc um so it's it's been a it's been a grand adventure uh the fan con had a lot of cool people in it i did look for like random gi joe cosplay etc not a whole lot of rep. Um, I did run into uh, some some Resident Evil folks, so that was nice. Um, ah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, aside from that, no, this is a, a state that's full of stories, and I don't think at this juncture I could ask for more. But good question, man.
2: Hell, yeah. But it, like, like, it, it was just interesting also listening to Brian Cummings. I mean, this, he has a very different, uh, at least he... He feels giant at least this is me interpreting what he said. Um, so if, if I'm wrong, you can correct me in the comments if you're listening, Brian. Um, but he kind of felt like the original cartoon series, the sambo cartoon series, really hit it out of the park with the characterizations, um, and how they kind of like took their time to kind of find the the mix and the um the, the passion between the characters and the chemistry. Mm-hmm. And he feels like even though the property, yes, it's 40 years old uh a real american hero at least um it's it, it, he feels or at least it felt like from his perspective like it didn't recapture that as time went on like it's it's they've tried and they've tried and they've tried but it, maybe this is him being you know uh you know, talking up his 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 incredible mm-hmm. roles but like he feels like that original cartoon captured something that things that came after didn't as much um mm-hmm. which i found interesting like compared to say like people working in the industry today, like Ariel, I think it was the artist years who did a fantastic Baroness cover and Heather Antos being an editor
3: working currently. True. Um, well, to be honest, like going into that convention, there's always reaches. Um, there's people that I didn't think I'd get access to, but prepared myself for, I didn't get access to any of those folks. Brian Cummings wasn't even on my radar till the day that I went, um, Mm. regrettably, but, I saw him day one, and I was like, are you going to be here on Sunday? He's like, oh, yeah, come find me. So either he knew of me or, uh, or he just was very personable. And he was totally warm, totally affable, uh, talked about it. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to dip into why does G.I. Joe hit back then and not now. But, uh, no, he was great. I, I had prepared to chat to, with uh, Ming Wen, who was with uh, Boba Fett um, mm. in the last series. But uh, the way that it, the the other part of that question, what's the difference between coastal cons and uh, landlocked, is celebrities hit a lot harder here. The 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 signature lines, the autograph lines, they're like the longest lines in the building. So I think <laughs> I think that star like star power works in landlocked states a little bit more because people are more like dedicated fans, etc. It's because
0: there weren't any convention exclusive toys, Cooge. Like, or or QR codes they were handing out.
3: (laughs) No one had to queue up for that. Yeah, get in this line to get the code to get in the other line. Yeah. Um, You didn't have to queue
1: for your R codes. Sorry, dude.
3: Dude, the Uh uh, the, Jay and Silent Bob and his squad were there. I did put out a proposal to their podcast network about doing a guest host for their pod um, while they were here. Did not hear back. No worries. so you know there was there was people there. I'm happy I got to chat with the people I did. They did uh, open up some doors in my mind, etc. So
2: that's fantastic. Um, but also like Brian Cummings, like just thinking about him being part of such a, at least to him, definitely feels like it's a significant pop cultural event. You know, a sunbow the sunbow cartoon and 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 many other things that he was he was involved in, and it mm-hmm. got me thinking. For you guys, what is like a significant pop cultural like event, hopefully Jaija related, um, that you gr- regret not having been part of, or rather wish you could have experienced yourself, like something that um, that you wish that you you could have been there for, um, that 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 you know still resonates today for you, and you're like, oh, I missed out on that. Is there anything like big that you guys ever wish you could have done or been a part of? But, sounds like you you you, you do <laughs> 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 or, that, or I've, or I've hit you guys with my quick fight topic.
3: Rob, used hard. stun. <laughs> I've stunned you. It's I'm a thinker. Job. I might have an answer to that later. It's a thinker, though. Or even a, a personal,
2: maybe GI Joe-related event or memory you wish you could relive, like, if, uh. if, if it's too big. Like, is it more, like, maybe, I think it's a very really broad question, it's like something Well, I'll give an example of something that I feel, at least a significant pop cultural event that I feel that I wish I could have been part of. Um, 2001, a space odyssey, I think. Oh, that's a nice one. Hans Charles wishes he went to Trinidad to see the Pope. Which version Uh, of the Pope was that? Let me drop
3: some, uh, (laughs) this is going to turn to a Colorado podcast. Here's a little (laughs) trivia about Trinidad. It was one of the first capitals of Colorado. And it's considered the trans capital of the world because of a surgeon who has done a lot of trans surgeries. So there's a little nice little footnote. But uh, no, it does have a nice chapel there. And uh, the Pope has also been to Denver. They got a basilica here.
2: He's gone everywhere. Mm. That guy's crazy cool. Um, but I think like a cool pop cultural event, as an example to hopefully get you guys thinking, um, that I wish I could have been involved in, would have to have been seen 2001 as Space Odyssey on the big screen.
3: Mm. Stanley
2: Kubrick, to me, is like probably one of, like, the biggest prolific directors um, ever. And all of his films are absolutely fantastic to watch and and um, experience. But, like, having being able to see that for the first time in a, a shot. and not knowing what it's about. Eyes Wide shot as well is absolutely amazing. His last I'm just movie, testing
1: you. Just testing you.
2: Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of, like, something that I feel that I wish I could have been involved in, like, at the time, was sitting in that cinema and experiencing that journey for the first time. Let, does let it, me-
3: spark anything? Let me make you peanut Ooh, butter yeah, jelly real quick. Hey, what's up, Gaz? Mm. Um, dude, I got to see 2001 with a live orchestra at the Hollywood Bowl once upon a time. Oh, shit. Ah. That's
1: awesome. It was sick. Must have been amazing. sick. Rob, I, um, I totally feel you on that. Uh, I used to uh, rent, uh, like many of us, I used to rent a movie on Friday night. I, I was allowed to take out one or two videotapes, depending on if it was a new release or not. And I remember, like, as a kid going, you know, wow, did this ever come to cinema in South Africa? And, and thinking about that the whole time. And, you know, movies became such an important thing to me that there's like a list of films, like a bucket list of movies that I'd love to watch in cinema. Um, the top of that being Ghostbusters. I'd love to have been able to watch. I'd love to go back to 1984 okay like 1984 had such an amazing year of movie releases i mean you got so much good stuff uh (laughs) in that year uh just just that i mean i think it was uh indiana jones uh, is in there ghostbusters is in there um just for starters back to the future i think Mm. came in at the end of the year i mean to watch those films on big screen just would blow me away and i feel you a hundred percent with like 2001 space odyssey like you said to go into that and not know what the hell you're watching i mean as a kid i remember looking through the mnet guide and going <laughs> Ooh, there's a what's the mo-? yeah because that's what i do on school holidays i'd like open it's up the Mnet movie. guide and go and go like what is the morning movie you know um, <laughs> and, <Space> odyssey. <laughs> yeah and i was like oh my god it's sci-fi i'm gonna watch this shit oh my god dude this is like 10 year old paul watching this and i'm like i do not know what is happening right now then i was like well, space woo.
2: <laughs> 40 year old paul probably weren't either i mean i think uh, that movie is it's it's meant to be experienced it's just an experience that you go through at least
1: 40 year old paul knows what i'm looking at now because <laughs> i saw like apes and then I double check the end and I'm like, am I watching the right thing? And then it ends up being in space. And I'm like, okay. And yeah. And then it was. It's like Lawrence of Arabia. It's one of those films where I was like, I'm gonna totally watch this again when I'm older. Yeah. And I will totally get it. I mean, when I say I totally get it, I totally appreciate it now. It's so.
3: it's never a bad time to remind folks that Soylent Green took place in 2021. <laughs> oh,
1: guess what we're
2: eating t- tonight, guys. But, but I mean, yeah, Rob. I, yeah. I think uh, maybe not cultural but something to you that personal that you wish you could relive. I think that probably well, gets hard, the,
0: huh? the 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 broader question of a cultural moment that I would have wished I was present and and cognizant to to take in. I think I, I've got an answer for that and that's quite simply like getting swept up in the, the Star wars phenomenon back when ah. it was so exciting and so new and actually actually having the reveal of vader being luke's father not comes a spoiler or well, not be spoiled already like yeah. my history with watching star wars was fucked because <laughs> we you were the jedi these- first <laughs> yeah exactly we were renting the tapes and jedi was the most abundant and proliferated and i think actually possibly made the conversion to vhs first for whatever reason because it, it had just been released uh, cinematically mm-hmm. and that's kind of when VHS kicked off like the early 80s like 83 yeah, so 84 do the
2: current hits rather than go back.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think I think correct me if I'm wrong but I think a new hope was the last one to be made into a VHS so I watched Star Wars in the wrong order. <laughs> watched Jedi, loved the Ewoks, the space battles, it all seemed so magical, okay, then man. watched Empire and kind of got swept up in just the majesty of the visuals. But I already knew Vader was Luke's father. There was nothing new there. And then the very, like, Star Wars, by comparison, A New Hope, seems so dusty and old. I mean, it's immediately (laughs) dated by Empire and how, like, absolutely um, luscious those visuals are. Mm. Like, Star Wars seems very, like, simple camera movements, the space battle, if you've seen Jedi, looks crude by comparison. Like, all the stuff that you should be blown away with Star Wars on. Um, blown away by Star Wars on? That's um, <laughs> <laughs> All of that stuff is kind of robbed of it. So, I wish, wish, wish I had experienced them in the correct order. And in cinema. And gotten to experience the vibe. I mean, like, even in my country, people were driving across... the 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 breadth of south africa to go and experience it in whatever cinemas were presenting it in dolby surround sound Mm because that wasn't common and like i had like i was speaking to a a sound engineer on one of the productions i was working on and he was like yeah man we all loaded up in my dad's volkswagen mini and we drove up to johannesburg to watch it in in dolby they jumped in the combi And we just watched it back to back to back, like we watched several screenings in a row because this was so mind blowing and amazing that even in 1977, like the word had traveled that this was a phenomenon and it was worth like doing such crazy shit, even in a far flung piece of the globe, like South Africa. So yeah, the, 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 the fervor was everywhere, but I mean, getting a chance to watch it at the, 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 the Chinese theater in Hollywood would have been, I suppose, the bee's knees.
4: That would if you be got that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I
0: personally, I've yeah, got one too. A, well, Rob, dude, it's 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 you and me, baby. Um, oh, I've oh. got a, a slide that uh, <laughs> since I had some lead time, I managed to, to find. So <laughs> sorry for all you listening to the audio version. But this moment when you, me, and Alistair had received from Amazon... <laughs> a box of the new G.I. Joe's. This is about 2003. I just graduated high school the year before Rob, you uh, were already yeah. a working man. I think All right, absolutely. if I'm not mistaken, a- um, writing but, but we had just ordered the new, new sculpt era G.I. Joe's and we were so excited. We were like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> and off to the left on the bed is a smaller sort of bubble up padded envelope. And in that was the DVD of GI Joe, the movie, which I had not seen since I was a young, young child. Also watching a VHS copy that got so scratched up, I guess the, the rentals company like retired it anyway. Mm. So it had been gone from my life for, I don't know, 10 years to this point, 15 years, maybe. So we unboxed those Joe's and marveled in their enormous shoulders and strange proportions. Um, But no, look, the stars were in our eyes. We were absolutely enamored with them at the time and the possibilities that they brought because they were new G.I. Joes. Oh, my goodness. We'd gone for so long without any new plastic. Um, And these were the, the, the front line, so to speak, of a new generation. And we watched the movie together that day for the first time. And that might seem insignificant, but... It just grows in significance the longer, the f- the further I get from that point. Like we were about to embark in the golden era of our playing time. I mean, we were in our twenties already, and yet this we was were the still moment. Was... It's, yeah. Absolutely, late at night, we'd get together and go on epic, epic adventures with our action figures, and they'd reached a kind of a level of sophistication that, yeah, that that young men in their twenties would 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 require Drum-Bone. in order to keep mm-hmm. us engaged. We had. Characters that developed and grew and, and became part of ourselves. Um, so that was oh, just such a great moment, man. And I, I, I think you might agree with me, Rob. All right, I think
2: I, I definitely would, actually. This is awesome. All oh, right, your mother, she's amazing. She always loves taking pictures of <laughs> everything. <laughs> it's that's a little, a little bit posed now, but this is, this is an era before
0: smartphones. That. So we were sure. clicking away on a, it might have even been a film camera. Yes, this was Probably developed. Was. So, yes, this is a film. Yeah, camera. Yeah, it's a proper film. Yeah. So we totally staged it for the camera. Click your glasses together, Jeez. <laughs>
4: mm, awesome soda. <laughs>
0: Uh, I wish it was grape soda. It was, in fact, Coca-Cola. Big glasses of Coke. Absolutely. We probably had tons of popcorn while we watched the movie, too. And Alistair was like, that's not how beachhead sounds in my head. (laughs) 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 Pathetic. Don't unpack. You won't be staying long. Like, Al did not play him with a sort of, a, I suppose, Alabama accent. He should have.
2: I think he is from Alabama.
4: Yeah, dude,
2: good Absolutely incredible time. I would, I would definitely agree that that is a personal G.I. Joe event that uh, I would love to go back to. I mean, I think a lot of our playtime is definitely times I wish I could go back to. Um, and talking of accents, um, I believe Brian Cummings, he his was inspired by Arnie. And I, that's kind of cool for Dr. Mindbender. No. I,
3: I dug the mind, and uh, we're gonna get the out of the ground.
1: Come on, was, brainwash me! Do it now.
3: It was news to me. I did, I didn't see Arnie in that, but yeah, that's yeah what he said. I think he, obviously, that's that's, that's that, that was the
2: inspiration that went into that, that. physique. Um,
3: and I see you even managed to get him to talk about Tron.
1: Yeah, well sure. done, Kooch.
3: <laughs> well, dude, when you look at somebody's bio and they're like, "Oh, these guys had their hands on Tron," all right. Um, yeah, of course, got to go to the grid, baby. Program, and I think I think also Tron is is an
2: example of of something where I mean, it's also uh, I think people in the comments have have shared moments where they um, spoilers, you know, like you want to be able to relive a, a time before you knew the spoilers of significant stories, um, and I think definitely there are a lot of stories that that have obviously you know, affected people over time. And I think he even mentioned, Brian Cummings mentions um, how the original version of Tron was obviously groundbreaking visually, but over time it, it took years and years for them to introduce more story and people saw the potential of what Tron was to keep introducing more story to it, keep fleshing out that world, because it was fascinating. The visuals told you a fantastic story, a place that you could be in and I think G.I. Joe is definitely a place that we all have been in for many, 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 many years. Um, so I think all of this comes back to stories. Um, it's the stories that we tell um, and where we are all of us right now in our stories. Are we at the beginning? Are we at the middle? Are we at the end of our stories? Are we still telling stories? Are we still going to be here, guys? Years from now? Time well, will My tell. story
0: can wait no longer,
2: boys. <laughs> Should we talk about the mega hiss? It's a
4: let's. A, question. Shall
2: we? Cool. Can shall I, we uh, yeah. I think. Please. Well, well, well. Let's first, Paul. Do you? I, do you have a, yeah. an, a personal event? And then Kujo, it'll be your time. I, I want a personal hear
1: event. Time. Yeah. Um, it sounds weird, but like, a personal event for me would be, I would love to, sort of meet. You know, my buddy David. Like, I'd love to have that moment again when these are my new like. You know asian neighbors that have just moved in across the road and we're becoming friends and i'm learning about all of this stuff you know like dragon ball or whatever because i would say as much as i i love gi joe and you know Thundercats cats and he-man well i didn't love he-man that much as a kid but i loved like Thundercats cats and i love transformers and whatever meeting david really kind of solidified um what I was what I would get into like like he solidified the whole it, that friendship solidified the fact that we we're into GI Joes okay um like and and that made GI Joe more important to me it made it t- took GI Joe from being these cool like toys that I would bought and whatever is that I was doing some cool pictures of or when I say cool pictures trying to draw cool pictures of when I was a kid to being something that actually became a, a thing in my life um and then also like through David, I I met anime, like, I yes, we had Robotech on TV in South Africa, and we had Force 5, and we had lots of other dubbed um, anime stuff that sort of came round about on its own sort of trip to South Africa, but meeting David would sort of identify it as this is Japanese animation, this is actually what its potential is, and that was like a whole new world for me, whole new world, you know? <laughs> And that just blew my mind. I mean, that's when I first saw Gundam, uh, Saint Seiya, Dragon Ball Z, all that stuff. It just completely changed my my brain. And I'd love to relive that, not to change anything, just because it was such a great experience. And because in true Paul style, and I'm going to be a sneaky bastard and I'm going to do this, meeting Steve and Rob. Because I met you guys at different points, you know. I would love to go through that meeting of Steve again, just so we could talk about even more G.I. shit, <laughs> because it was such a, like, I have just, like, flickers of memories from that day, and also meeting Rob properly, like, like, that whole thing, that was cool, because, yeah, guys, I mean, we've been doing this for, like, so long, and, like, I love you guys, you know, and I would love that experience again, because I didn't know it then, but that was a really important moment in my life, is meeting you guys, and so, that was a thing, you know, well, Stephen um,
2: made it happen. I mean, he brought me to Johannesburg so we could watch um, an amazing G.I. Joe movie.
0: Um. Yes. <laughs> R- and the part, what, what was the second movie called? Retaliation. That's Retaliation.
1: It. <laughs> Which and I can't for very the life
0: of me. is yeah. because Hans Chow uh, has related the fact that uh, when he saw it with his best friends, uh, he was heartbroken when they started shredding it afterwards. Aww. I, think, I think we were a bit kinder. So Hans, I wish you'd seen it with us, pal. Yeah. Yeah man on Africa's direct, largest man. screen.
4: Because
0: <laughs> <do>, <laughs> <laughs> we were we were kind of glowing afterwards. We had some nitpicks I and we, so. we
1: recorded them at the time. But it's the live. it's the people that you see it sword with that kind of made the experience. Yeah, better. and it's a cinema yeah. effect as well. Watching it in cinema we were, invests you more emotionally. And we were elated to just be hanging out again. Oh exactly. not again, hanging
2: out for the, for the first time. time. Mm. <laughs> But Kuto, yes. tell me,
4: tell
3: me. Just, say, just admit yeah. you're riding high off the pods. That's all. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I. I, wish. I don't. You know, I, I, I do think about, you know, when our paths crossed at uh, the last JoeCon quite a bit. Oh, yeah. and I don't. I don't regret a hmm. moment of that that time. I, I didn't feel like there was any time misspent. Um. No, but I, I do reflect upon that. And, and if you're wondering, at the 41 minute mark, uh, Paul said, I love you to all three of Aww. us. So we've reached the high point, but
2: uh, <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Of <laughs> course,
3: there are like, stuff, and, and bringing up Tron, like Tron Legacy, when the program leaves the computer, that's a genre breaking mm. moment. That's no good. Take me before that moment. But um, I've, always thought, I've always thought Tron is interesting in the respect that it's introspection it's characters that exist within a box you know when you're talking star wars you exist in space you know anything is possible but in tron you're you're in a, you're in a cage so I think, it's, I think it's it's a it's a deep thinkers property you know the people that really enjoy it uh, they usually uh, i have people stop me on the street all the time oh you're a tron fan i'm like cheers program you know so
2: hell yeah uh, so would you would you go back and watch tron again for the first time and have that mm. that experience.
3: I don't know. I don't. I didn't catch. Honestly, if you were going to ask what movie have I seen the most, it's probably Tron Legacy in IMAX because I had a mm. movie pass at that time, and that thing was just mind breaking to me. Just the visuals. uh I forget the the net director's name, but he just did Top Gun. So, you know, you know. Yeah, gotten- he did an
2: amazing job with that movie. I think it definitely brought.
1: So Top much Gunnington. more to the experience. Top Gun, mm. yeah, Mr. Top Sir Top, Gun, Sir Top Gunnington, whatever his name is. I don't know what his name is. Mark. I still haven't seen that movie. I haven't I seen, seen it either. Of course. I'll get, of
3: course. Yeah, yeah. I'll
2: get there eventually. But okay, so yeah, Tron Legacy, I think was, yeah, like Tron is fantastic, but I think it definitely, the story matured over time, and they they got it more right with the sequel. Well,
3: there's a world there that's completely accessible and immersive, but for whatever reason... Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, Steven, it's
3: just, it's, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> did you have mega thoughts on your mind?
2: <laughs> Steven, yeah. do you even have more Are thoughts? We, like, like I, I, before you start, like, I think yeah. Steven has you, pushed yeah. this video that we did, that came out this past week. If you want to go and check it out. <laughs> um, he's pushed this thing in the description below else we've ever made. Like I, I was. I'm on Instagram. There's okay. Stephen's producing little reels. There's stories. Stephen wants everyone to know about the hiss, the mega hiss, and spoilers. Stephen, are you gonna spoil it? Do you like? No, it? no. I was like
1: gonna. It? I was gonna say, Steve, are you are you hissed off about it, or are you megatroned <laughs> on? <laughs> Very yeah. good. Well, as a prelude,
0: uh, the reason I have it so early is because it was released in Australia early simple as that i did not go to i did not have to resort to to an ebay scalper seller from taiwan or wherever uh it all landed up in brick and mortar on i think the first of august so i just went down to the store and bought one i canceled my pre-orders with amazon and with uh, one other place Uh yeah it was a fan channel called eb games here
2: And well, I don't why think those... resort to scalpers when you can be the scalper, Stephen? Uh,
0: I think they only had three at the the local JB Hi-Fi that I went to, so it's, I wasn't going to um, be able to scalper seven
2: hundred
1: uh, Australian dollars you could have made for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's a hundred dollars more than a than a classified Ali Viper before um, street date. So yeah.
0: look, and the costing for Australia was a lot more lenient. Uh, this product on hasbro pulse will set you back 90 us but for whatever reason it was only 104 australian which is about 73 us Ooh. so for a change things have skewed in favor of the land down under uh, if you are about to um get your passport stamped and, and head off to australia to buy your toys <laughs> just bear in mind that hasbro pulse has no presence here like we are also subjected to You know scrounging around for scraps so when we do have a win we'll take it thanks um this was one of them so i am absolutely gonna rub it in everyone's faces rob uh (laughs) sorry but i figured that people who are sitting with the pre-orders ought to have an informed opinion if you like watching youtube reviews if you like to go in cold and just allow this thing to kind of assault you when it arrives that's fine too but i figured people like me Who want to know what we're buying uh, should have some sense and i I did a very honest unboxing and review and yes rob i do still have opinions that i haven't shared because that review was done straight after the unboxing and it didn't really give me much time to marinate my thoughts on this toy i've subsequently had it in hand for over a week now and i've been transforming it back and forth and playing with it and testing it out the the wheel clearance is very low and it's a painted surface which make up Megatron's shins. So I have not been playing with it out of doors. Uh, you will definitely have paint scratch that way. But I will say this much. They found a good middle ground in terms of the build quality and the kind of the toyeticness of it. Because this isn't masterpiece level transformer, nor should it be. Because it being interactive with the O-ring GI Joes invites play and mm. masterpiece transformers. I think we can all agree they do not invite play. You mm. want to transform them maybe a handful of times, avoid those paint scratches or chippings, <laughs> exactly. And take your time with it. Like the transformation starts becoming less and less fun because you're really having to do it quite slowly and carefully in a well-lit room. Last night I was transforming him in the semi-darkness while watching TV and fine. I I, I did not feel terrified that I was going to turn on the lights and see like oh no oh no I've I've chipped a little bit of plastic off or something you know (laughs) like this thing is it's hardy it's toyetic so that explains away a lot of the hollowness that you see but (laughs) it's not a ko or bootleg transformer in that plastic is strong the rivets are strong the you know all the parts that need to have stresses applied to them are very tolerant like if you've got a hinge that works in one direction the plastic is forgiving enough that if you happen to do it at a bit of an off angle it's not going to stress the plastic you know what
1: i mean Oh, that's cool
0: yeah that is so it's it's got a stamp of, of quality in that regard and the hollowness in most respects is explained away by the way it folds in on itself megatron needs a hole in his chest because that's exactly where the turret um hole or the turret yeah, the underside of the turret. So, like, basically, like, the tub of the turret has to go into that hole. And the holes in his forearms are where his feet actually fold into, if you mm-hmm. can believe that. So, yeah, there's a marrying of the forearms and the, the toes, um, that happens, which, yeah. So, that's the good, guys. This is me being a Hasbro apologist. Uh, <laughs> also, all the smooth areas, all the undersides and areas that, are hollow and would otherwise be smooth on, say, a lesser Transformer, they've gone in and detailed it up the wazoo. Like, there's v- a maximum amount of technical detail on portions of this that would never be seen. Like, the underside of the shell, the backpack, is insanely textured. Uh, so, Trudeau's there. They, they they've yeah, pulled I was, it out.
2: Yeah, I was thinking the other day, like, a lot of toys, especially the GI Joe toys, like, the detailing, it's good from above and I was like that's probably because it's kids your kids are looking at this thing from above but when mm. you kind of like go from the underside then you start seeing those hollows there's those kind of like the plastic shell and the the emptiness of, of what a lot of the vehicles are um which is fine because that's what it is but it's cool that they added all those extra details into the Megatron because you are going to see those hollows a lot because of it being transformed And as
0: for compatibility,
2: here, we're going to start
0: opening the can of worms. And I'm going to kick it over to you guys to talk a little bit about Hasbro of the now and their supposed, like, retro, you know, backwards-looking lines. Um, You can fit a modern-era figure into the canopy perfectly. Obviously, the modern-era figure will go into the turret perfectly. When we come around to the backside, you got foot pegs, right? Mm. And now I never made a big song and dance about foot pegs as a child, but I think I never really owned the vehicles that the foot pegs really, really worked on. Like a Shark 9000 that has foot pegs on the side pontoon is not a <laughs> clever place to put figures. I mean, you could, <laughs> but it's stupid. But do you worry? That wanna? thing is a high speed <laughs> attack boat. These guys have nothing to hold on to yeah forget about it but something like the hiss or the water moccasin or the awe striker another vehicle that's going to be done in transformers uh gi joe style Mm. those foot pegs essentially double your occupancy they are essential Mm. the vehicle is designed for those foot pegs to make sense so my shocking discovery that the foot pegs on the hiss tank are sized not to accommodate a modern figure not to accommodate an old-school vintage figure, but only to accommodate Hasbro's current retro o-ring brand? Mm. That was a big slap in the face. And that led me down the rabbit hole of of uh, getting a poll going on Facebook and YouTube. A poll that seems, well, I, I, I listed two options, and I'll tell you what they were. Um, is this gross ignorance on Hasbro's part? They just didn't realize Oh, they just didn't test the sizing against old product or is it planned obsolescence they wanted you to buy their new figures uh which do you think it is jens uh (laughs) I,
1: i think i know i initially shared some thoughts with you but uh for the air i would say the more i've given it thought the more i think it is a planned I don't want to say obsolescence, but it was definitely done on purpose. I don't think it was an oversight thing. Initially, I thought it was an oversight. Initially, I felt like, like that was the last thing they cared about because they were like, oh, you know, nobody's gonna put the, you know, you know what I mean, like, like I thought maybe the mentality there was just wrong. They weren't thinking of the the end user. But yeah, but now if I think about it, like even the retro O-ring snake eyes and storm shadow that I've got, they um. Stands, obviously, don't work for other GI Joes. Their backpack, uh, backpacks don't fit with other GI Joes. So, Hasbro's done that intentionally. They didn't do that by mistake. They, there's a plan there. Um, is the plan to preserve the original collecti- uh, collector's quality? Or should I say the original... Is, is it to keep the originals as, collecti- uh, as collectible antiques or something? And, and to not mess up that market? Or is it because, like you said, it's planned obsolescence? So, I lean, on the, I lean on the side of they did it on purpose. I just don't know why they've done it on purpose, what the actual goal is. Well, to make sure that they can sell you all the new toys.
0: But,
2: Rob, what, where do you? Well, I this? voted on your little poll there. I said planned obsolescence, uh, obsolescence hmm. because it's happened before. The modern era figures they do not fit nicely into the older vehicles. They had to obviously redesign those older vehicles to be able to fit the modern era figures better. Um, So I think it's it's definitely it's a money making thing where you you're pushing forward, you're going forward. Um, um, the it's the, the they they can't make money off the old toys anymore. Mm. They need to make money off new toys. So that's why it's cool to get new versions of them uh, retro retro figures, but of course, of course they need to make money and they want you to buy the new figures to put onto their new vehicles. I think so. Definitely. Kujo are our, uh, corporate overlords. Are they trying to rob us blind?
3: Well, obviously there's a number of buzzwords that I can't see here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I playing. Um, I, it's, it's an interesting one because this is a question of business models. Um, and I think, uh, they have corrected certain things. Uh, I think a a more interesting question to me is like, has Hasbro done anything yet? No, they haven't. They have not created one single unique GI Joe character yet to further the story. So let's let that go. Um, Have they improved their modeling? Yeah, they don't have those like tin armor plates anymore and stuff like that. But uh, as far as like, if there's anything to say about what they're creating or they should understand that they have a, a consumer base that's resonant and they should be considering old lines because that's what stimulates us uh, I it's an interesting one I, I'm not saying they won't correct it but I can't I can't see too much forward thinking when it comes to really any of the toy lines right now um, But I think I think there's a couple other names that I'll drop while this conversation opens up. Um, What did you arrive at, Stephen? I mean, is it sour grapes or what?
0: I have to admit, I was tending towards planned obsolescence myself, and the YouTube uh, vote swayed in favor of that option. Um, Seventy-nine percent of voters, and there were 110 voters. Seventy-nine. All cynical bastards. (laughs) Well, yeah. Versus gross ignorance, I mean, I mean, that is a rather strong um, uh, accusation to have, like to think that an entire team of Hasbro completely employees forgot. completely didn't, didn't bother trying it. Um, the Facebook poll got a little bit more nuanced because there was an added selection. Um, it wasn't just gross ignorance or planned obsolescence, but also indifference, they made it to fit new figs without considering whether it fit the old figs, which I think is kind of a branch of ignorance, uh-huh. um, but it's like, so it's a more deliberate, it's yeah, more it deliberate binary. that way. It's like, no, 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 I, I didn't put that option up. That was uh, <laughs> an option put up by one of the voters and it did uh- get some support. So cumulatively, 70% of people said it was either gross ignorance or indifference,
2: Interesting.
0: Uh, and only... Th- 21% said um planned obsolescence wow now I'm swinging more in favor of I'm swinging more in favor of indifference simply because I listened to the Hasbro Q&A session the most recent one done with um other channels not this one <laughs> god if I ever get invited to one of those things <laughs> it will be the last they'll be like that guy's never coming back um anyways uh, it was a lot of congratulation and backslapping, and everyone's just so in love with themselves, um, and the <laughs> success of the Hasbro classified line, and that prompted me to believe that yeah, the the O-ring initiative is really the redheaded stepchild of the GI Joe world now. <laughs> it was a painful realization when I came to it, but it absolutely is being left in the dust by the extreme popularity of classified it's so extreme that there are like turf wars breaking out between news outlets like people grabbing other people's content and passing it off as their own like it's getting ugly out there and this is something we never had in the doldrums of gi joe's previous iteration now that we just need to be able to complain (laughs) and we didn't we didn't necessarily fight as much but now that it's absolutely the hottest toy without a doubt like it's 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 a doggy dog world out there man and well, o-ring like what i could infer from the q a is that they have no <laughs> no o-ring plans for 2023 forget about it all the stuff yeah, well, they don't need a plan they could just like spin the wheel and choose it. a
1: random figure and then just release it they don't even what need to plan off to this fact is the yeah. the recent ruling
0: that plastic free packaging does not apply to retro items or items that are, are specifically marketed towards a collector base as opposed to mass retail. Hmm. And this ruling was, was too late for Lenny and Emily's 2023 lineup. So oh. you won't be getting any Walmart retro carded uh, six-inch guys in 2023. And by the same token, I don't think they had any O-ring retros planned. Because they, of course, rely on the, the window packaging as a selling point.
1: And sorry, Steve, just, to, just to, for the listeners to reiterate, the, uh, you're speculating or have you got this down as yeah, hard fact?
0: I think I'm, I'm making inferences, but I'm not the okay. first person to make that yeah, inference. Take this um, with a
2: lot of salt.
0: Well, look, what's on Joe Mind are far more moderate in their views than, than we tend to be. And I got the same vibe from, from uh, Rob Irizarry's coverage. Of the q a he was actually there so uh yeah look i, I i'd be, i'd be very curious if they suddenly pulled out some o-ring product for 2023 but and by I mean, that i mean like carded and boxed like carded, we've been getting yeah. the, the cobra officer and five, uh, officer and trooper and duke and cobra commander and 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 and
2: well, what else this, is there i mean we're getting bumblebee next so do you think that's it they're kind of like okay we did our we did our part
0: (laughs) yeah if it's not announced already it's it's not it's not coming down the pipeline so uh, I don't know I guess just as a as an old school purist I'm I'm bitter naturally so I'm gonna just transform my toy and you guys can talk about it how about that
4: well I
1: I'm I well like i just want to like throw in some feedback there. okay throw something quick so, so meanwhile like so now um based on your poll uh somebody at hasbro who handles their sort of uh, communications and and analytics has come back to you know lenny and emily and basically said <laughs> well we are doing much better than we did in 2021 because now people think that we're actually incompetent and not evil <laughs> this is progress <laughs> <laughs> oh god um maybe no, same, yourself, I mean,
2: if, even if, if you want to do this <laughs> <laughs> what, like, you don't want to
0: hear the click clack click clack no i don't click, want to hear click, that. Click, i
1: already have paul's incredible opinions please <laughs> <laughs> no but like like that's basically like what the direct like reaction to that those analytics would be like yep congratulations guys they think we're idiots they don't think we're evil anymore well you know, then that's, and that's probably all they wine. care about I mean, I'm Not I'm joking sure. now. I'm being well, I'm being I mean, like tongue in cheek, but yeah. Yeah, no,
2: you're definitely being
1: tongue in cheek. Yeah, I just right? wanted to make sure that like that's out there. I would hate for GI Joe Berg to be accused of like you know GI Joe Berg accuses Hasbro of being happy about about nah, being proud of Nah, you know, it's, just, proud it's just it's <laughs> or just something.
2: it's a perception that we have. Um, and it, it's it's yeah. come from just it's things that we've seen that suggest this, this to us. Um, Kujo, what do you think?
3: Well. I mean, Stephen mentioning that G.I. Joe is a hot toy. Well, how did that happen, gentlemen? Classified,
2: pal. Mm. Uh, uh,
3: uh, I would say this. If you're in this pod, if you're listening, then you probably understand words like sustainability. So but for every Hasbro to- toy you buy, support an indie. Buy one indie toy. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. we got so many in our collective. But... I mean, we can always become the Operation Recall podcast. I I know, for sure. We can talk about those characters. Um, And
1: and they're shaping up. Yeah. Well, my
3: my thought, no, no, you're good. My thought is that what what are we short on in the toy, or what are we short on in G.I. Joe right now? Good stories. Mm. Um, We got good plastic. um, We got good characters. But we're about to see the G.I. Joe license change hand in about, what, five months for comics or something like that? Yep,
2: RDW um, is losing it and it's going to someone
3: else. Well, we'll see what they have in store. I do have one question, an opinion question about you guys. Do you think? Uh, and and much love to Bobby Vala. Do you think Valiverse has slipped into too tight of? There, there. I mean, Sergeant Slaughter twice. I know that's not on him, but the fact to bring Sergeant Slaughter into your line, it's almost you got it. To
1: use it. You got it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, uh, like, I, I kind of feel like what you're saying is, are you uh, are you kind of saying that maybe they're riding um, Sergeant Slaughter too much or too hard, or would you say that there needs to be something a little bit more interesting than that, just so that well, I understand where you're coming from?
3: No, 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 yeah. that's, uh, pretty much, not not Sergeant Slaughter, I mean, he's, he's got plenty of miles left on him, but... It's strange to me that, like, there should be a more distinguishing footprint. Like, can any of you gentlemen tell me what the color is of the villains in in Valiverse? Like, what's... We got Cobra with red and blue. Who does Valiverse's enemies, bro?
0: Yellow. Yellow? Yeah,
1: neon yellow, the swarm, yeah. All right, I didn't know that. But they're not the only villains. That's the (laughs) other (laughs) thing to mention. Yeah.
3: I know he has uh he has netho diaz is one of his artists on his comics i love netho's work but i've always thought it's it hangs on the visceral and heavy ink side um i feel like that new toy collectors need to put their comics maybe online or some somehow get it on people's timelines to sell the story more get it out there
2: but i think i think that's, that's that's what a lot of these things come to i think at least for me, your your exploration of the Fan Expo in Denver, and also a lot of what we said tonight is stories. Um, it, we're, you've got to tell good stories to be able to encourage people to want to invest in the characters, to invest in the merchandise that you're creating. Um, and how a lot of companies, I mean, especially I think with the, with the, the nostalgia drive um, that we've seen so heavily over the last two decades, I think, um, they're really investing in old stories, in stories yeah. that have already been told. They're not telling new stories. They're they're um, kind of like revolving around those old stories. And people got to tell new stories if they want to capture the the minds and the the wallets the of the and people the, out yeah, the there. The hearts and the hearts hearts and minds. as well. Yeah, hearts, wallets, yeah. minds. You want to get all of the you know the big three. I think storytelling, good storytelling, where everyone t- is working together because they're passionate about the characters and about the properties that they're working on will win out in the end and i think well, yeah
3: And it, it doesn't even have to be like oh here's a 50 page immersive story that you can invest yourself in you can yeah. have you can employ gi joeberg to create a, a two minute <laughs> short on their people's timelines of your figures in the wild you know what i mean i'm i'm using you guys as an example but yeah yeah, yeah. No, obviously i mean the they're really cool yeah. but yeah.
2: like just something small i think also i mean I mean me and steven explored um star brigade and how just through the little tidbits of information there's the little bit of a write-up on what star brigade is and the little bits of information from the file cards suggests a huge universe of of a story that's going on there and even though they never uh, uh fleshed that out you can do that yourself in your own playtime you can go to uh, super mock uh hyper speeds with sci-fi um you know, you can fly, you can fight with him near a black hole. Um, and quasar velocities exceed the speed of life or sci-fi if you want to. Um, so there's stories. I think, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is me, like, really reading really into it. But I think definitely, if you enjoy stories, um, listen to this episode that, that of me talking right now. But also listen to Paul, Paul <laughs> Pudris, um, Mile High um, File Cards. It's There's definitely a lot of stories going on there, and there's stories on stories, I think. Yeah.
3: Well, I don't know what's more interesting nowadays, the the story or the creator telling the story. I mean, that's honestly, when you're talking to different generations, they're always like, oh, everybody's getting canceled. And you're like, you're right. But for the first time, we can tell who's good people we should support. So yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing, because how do you tell a story when you yourself are front and center? It's, I, don't I don't know. part of the story. Yeah. It's, a,
2: it's, a, it's an interesting time. They, it, the stories behind the stories are, or the people are as, almost as fascinating or interesting or they affect your perception of the stories as much as the stories mm-hmm. themselves or the properties, the, the things that we collect and enjoy are affected by the people creating them these days because of our,
1: because of social media i actually rob um i'm going to add to that sentiment as well that uh the creating of stories and the, the trying to get people emotionally invested into the product and you know trying to to take something in a direction is a very good idea and i think a very good oh not just a very good idea but it's also a great sentiment <clears throat> uh i feel like and i'm sorry it's going to sound like he berg but um <laughs> but a company that's doing that really really well is mattel Okay, yeah, and they, I, would agree. I mean, and, and, I mean, they just announced the Eternia playset. Okay, so like that line is making bank, dude. Like, I don't care what like, you know, Spectre Creative says with all of his speculation and all that stuff. And I've, you know, sorry, specter I'm not like trying to like diss you dude. Like, you, you know, you, you've got some <laughs> like, you, you've got guy. real insight in the side. But I mean, like to the guy on the street, Mattel just looks like they are hitting home runs. You know, like they're releasing Eternia. They've announced that the Snake Men are coming out. It's all kinds of stuff that's happening for that line. And everything on that line is still going on the momentum of the original cartoon and miniature comic book series of the original toy line that came out in the 80s. Yeah, and it's based yeah, that. that. also, exactly is based off news stories that they're telling too. I yes, mean, but... I, I still yeah. need to watch the later adventures, but that and that's the point of the show
2: yeah is that where you're going with
1: this yeah they they they, because they've got two new animated shows they got one that is like super kid friendly as we've discussed before and i love it i think it's absolutely great i dig Mm. it it's got a whole the whole design and everything is a major pivot but i dig it i think it's awesome then you got revelations which you know take it or leave it but the one thing that mattel has managed to do is revelations is going to get itself to the place where fans are going to love it more Okay, it's gonna get itself there but people have been complaining you know and i think this is the point i want to make hasbro should just you know make something for people to complain about then you know like yeah. make a show or something i mean if good they guys, bad, people are gonna say something and that's the thing and if people are saying something about it and talking about it then that pro- property does sort of sneak in then people do think of like oh, wow, I remember when G.I. Joe was the best brand in the world ever. And then Hasbro's well, like, well, if you remember it when it was the best, well, have we got something for you? Check out our retro O-ring line. It's amazing. <laughs> well, did
4: people buy
0: that nostalgia? G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes, Origins, uh, was it positive to the brand or was it negative overall? Uh, I mean, well, it, 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 does the old adage of there's no such thing as bad press really play in that case? I think was it, it kind of like, does. No, A I rallying think it... point for angry fans to be like, this ain't my G.I. Joe.
1: No, it ain't. But then when Hasbro was like, but is this your G.I. Joe? And the fans are like, yeah, give me that. Yeah, I love but... having snake eyes with timber now. It's so much better than the movie version. You I'm know? pretty sure
0: Dirty Milk Water's Storm Shadow is still clogging up shelves.
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure he is. And Hasbro's like, yeah, you got to take one on the chin every now and then. You know what I mean? But, uh... but the call has gone out in the Bergforce force, at least, for me to
0: put baroness in oh, so how are you going to fit it
1: in in the back there dude i mean she's still in a box <laughs> you bastard <laughs> you stole my punchline oh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> <It> doesn't fit <laughs> <laughs>
0: i for those of you just following the audio version i'm trying to put a carded baroness figure into the his turret it's that's meant that that's it. meant on card snm girl <laughs> exactly. And she will stay that way. I have no intention of opening this. But if you would I'll like for a you. review and comparison to the uh, vintage Baroness, look no further than Timmer. He got one himself and has uncarded her, and it has gone up like literally four hours ago. Um, as of oh, recording, fantastic. Uh, so link in it description. It I'll open
1: her exactly. for you for science. I will rub four out the four the...
0: days. Something. I'll one rub or the, the, or the paint
1: other. out of the glasses. I will see if I can do my little wrist. Uh, <laughs> modification it'll be it'll be gravy she 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 is made with a glossy plastic
0: uh Timmer made the same um conclusion so that's nice huh. she uh she does share some glossiness particularly on the sort of the bodice. but yeah those eyes are painted man that is just a weird choice and it looks weird and it's an eyes also Timmer made light of the fact that compared to her 84 version she's got a lot of forehead like that <laughs> hairpiece is moved a little too far back on the head for my liking oopsie this is transgendered baroness
1: Hello. what's nice is she can hold Hello. a gun she can hold a big gun in those rubbery. mine channels.
0: holds my big gun fine thank you very much um i guess i'm just one of the lucky few or am i i don't know i i my boldness is sometimes depends forwarded. on how big your gun is hey destroy size uh okay that's enough from my face <laughs> shall we bring this one in rob do you have any correspondence we can sink our teeth into before yes. we shut
2: Oh, scoops, scoops. Uh, there was there was just too much i think i didn't i didn't even actually bother to look this week <laughs> fair enough <laughs> i think i think next week we're definitely going to dive into that i mean i just i just really enjoyed this week um listening to qjo's episode and at least for me i mean i think i definitely went along with this um uh, or at least directed this entire episode. It, it feels like because it, it, what came out to me and what I kind of stressed and kind of brought out out of all of us, I think in this entire episode is stories um, and storytelling. And I think that's definitely something that that, I, I got. I got from from Pujo's um, reporting on the Fan Expo in Denver. It's storytelling, and yeah, I, I hope I hope this is a good companion piece to your to your video.
3: Oh, dude! You definitely put a spotlight on it, and of course, I'm always gonna su- or push my stuff. Yes, you should listen to it. Um, but uh, no, it's uh, I appreciate that. And uh, take take a look at file cards as a blueprint to launching any anything that you're creating. You know, a knowledge base on. I went into it wanting to talk to the people that created something that I still have yet to unpack all of it. So. It's it's been a it's been a, a real pleasure, and uh, I think all the links are on the pod. So yeah, enjoy enjoy yeah. those stats. It should open up GI Joe to you in a different way, and and then you'll you'll notice these people turning up at your regional conventions, and you can say hello and say, Kujo Joe sent me." So you know. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good chat. It was a good chat.
2: Heck yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad everyone enjoyed themselves, and I'm hope the GI uh, Joeberg Joeberg Joe. what are we call them? the Bobsquad. I hope they enjoyed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Exploring the nostalgia, going into your memories and remembering Back times you wish you could have relived. Tonight. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Check out Quito's, uh, video audio log. It's fantastic music as always. Um, do it and, and check please... out Steven's review of Megatron. Uh,
1: he really yeah. wants you to watch it. And <laughs> Please fill up our comments with, uh, your time travel moments. We'd yeah. love to hear them. Uh, and Robert would love to read them for the next
2: experienced episode. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Something that you wish you could experience again or something that you, you missed out on that you wish you could have been a part of.
4: Hmm. Like, and an the episode. sales pitch one
0: more time. <laughs> if you'd like to join us live in the show, check out YouTube now. <laughs> <YouTube>. <laughs> patreon, <laughs> patreon.com well yeah you can check us after the fact on youtube.com for sure but if you'd like to jump the queue and uh, check us out early and even be live in the audience uh, responding to us in real time patreon is your friend uh, thank you to all the Bergforce who support us week to week, month to month, year to year we love you, we see you you guys awesome have a so long time guys
2: thank you so much you As a long always. time
1: and also, just yeah. uh, a friendly PSA: Avoid the um, s- uh, Transformers Studio Soundwave, the Bumblebee <laughs> version. Uh, this is just a, yeah, public service <laughs> announcement. If you want a fun Sound Wave toy to play with, uh, you'll get that. And if you want the shittiest transforming uh, trans uh, alt mode, hell yeah, trans- uh, you'll get that in this Creech. too. So uh, now, yeah, so roll the dice. <laughs> if you have one already. I'm sorry, enjoy the robot mode. And if you don't have one, Aww. choose money. Hell yeah, choose and life. also don't forget
2: guys, at 41 minutes in, Paul said he loves us and he means it to you guys too out there. He loves oh, you I love all. the Berg Force. Sure. And I'd I like to do thing, a, a <laughs> preemptory congratulations
0: to Carson Metaxas and everyone from Operation Recall on the, the astounding success. Um, I have refreshed the page uh, just now and seen the total jump so i mean by the time this podcast goes live it'll all be said and done but like this has been a very exciting thrill ride to watch and yeah it has taken no doubt a lot of hard graft and financial risk on mr metaxas so
1: gi joe community salute you sir on mm. your initiative and at least we know that they will score highly in the poll with you know, uh, and, and also,
2: congratulations to the Springboks for trouncing the All Blacks yes. 2610. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Springboks ate the uh, All Blacks' lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, New Zealand. Sports yeah. ball for the win. Sports Guys, ball. we're
2: still the world champions. Take Woo-hoo. that. Hell yeah.
3: Well, Forget about we...
0: what uh, it says on paper. <laughs>
3: <laughs> before we before slam we the door shut the on this episode. It's, it's obviously my job to remind you uh, who you are, and that is one of the most successful international communities in the world. Um, what am I basing that on? Of course, hundreds of thousands of dollars of crowdfunding within the community. A number one rap artist on an international platform. I, I mean, I could go on, be impressed with yourself. Don't look at this as an accident use this model to create sustainable networks around you. And if you don't understand the importance of that at this point, it'll slap you in the face pretty quickly. But um, yeah, you got, you got a, an international conversation here that goes off every week. You got HTC. You got theygon who turns up for vets every week. Um, you got Full Force, who's always giving context. You got Joe on Joe. You got, I, I, of course, the Chaplin's Motor Pod with uh, Gary, who I'm gonna team up with in One the near of my future. Favorites
2: ah nice
3: and i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that i actually met one of the people that has supported us along the way in trinidad colorado um that would be my good man uh mike vegas Um, (gasps) it was a pleasure to meet him you might remember his photographs all over your timeline but no it's this is a this is a good group of people and whether however you break on the brand etc support indies they're gonna find your timeline that's what it's about you know, Has- Hasbro will find us when they're ready. They will.
2: Absolutely. But and Gerard, if I'm
0: getting the intel correctly, Island of Misfit Toys from our man, Ryan Sweeney, will be talking to Carson. No, we'll be talking. Uh, yes, talking to Carson <laughs> tomorrow, which will probably be today as of the release of this podcast. Mm. And it'll probably be old news. So check it on the replay. But uh, Ryan will be talking to Carson and Toy Connections. Ken will be in the mix, and it should be fun. So, yes, awesome. indeed. Oh, yeah. Shout-outs to the indies, both new and old. It's wonderful. Guys are popping up and bringing their a game. It's, it's, it's good stories for G.I. Joe toys. coverage, let me tell you. Uh-huh. Or G.I. Joe adjacent coverage, let's say that. It's
1: also exciting that there's lots of stuff to cover on G.I. Joe. So, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: We'll cover it all. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Hasbro. You bastards. All right. Yeah. Independents do the best work. Retroblasting says it all the time. Hell
3: yeah. Berg.
1: Berg. 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 All right, let's get (laughs) out of here. (laughs)